Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Patrick Stewart, who's the CEO of Apricot Lane Boutique. We talk all things customer service and how to build your raving fans. I'll tell you, this is absolutely one of my favorite episodes. And at the time of posting this, Apricot Lane Boutique is actually growing 50 new locations this next year alone. And they're doing it because they understand the magic of building your raving fans. Stay tuned. All that coming and more in this episode. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We're going to be sitting down today with Patrick Stewart, who is the CEO of Apricot Lane Boutique. It's the most popular women's fashion franchise with over 80 locations, uh, soon to be over 100 locations. Been in business for about a decade and a half. And one of the fun things we're going to be talking about today is not just like, how do you start a business, but we're moving way past that. How do you actually take a business that you know works and turn it into, uh, I don't want to call it an empire, but but really something that has its own wheels to it. It's something that can grow to multiple locations. It has an energy about it. It has a momentum about it. And it's something that people all across the nation, they know about it. It's a brand that people are excited about and they want to engage with. We're going to be talking about all of it today in today's episode. Patrick, it's great to have you join us. Hey, Blake. Thanks so much. Excited to be here. You know, I can already tell this is going to be an amazing episode because literally before I hit record, I was already just listening just to some of your comments. And I thought, this guy is really going to be sharing. Uh, I I think the best guests for the show are the ones who have those tangible, real insights and not like the theoretical... you know, find a job that you love so you don't work a day in your life, which which is a fine concept. But I can just already tell you're going to have some real tangible stuff for us today. Real world, real world stuff. So I think that your listeners want to hear the the real story so that they can, you know, re- so that they can take the next steps. You know, one of the things that I just heard this morning was that there was a, po- a very recent poll. 40% of the people in the poll said that they wanted to quit their not just wanted to, intended to quit their current job and pursue something that they really loved. So us, like I said, so we're 80 locations right now. We'll be a hundred, we'll be a hundred by the end of this year. And then we'll probably open another 20 to 30 uh, next year. But we're not so big that we are known everywhere. We are still very much a small-ish uh, franchise, but we're number one in the field of if you are a women's fashion franchise, that's us. We're, we're number one. You could Google and do all searches that you want to. And I, I encourage your listeners to do, to do that. That's the fastest way to learn even more about us. But more broadly speaking, right now in the United States, people uh, have been hunkered down far too much at home 
even maybe they used to go to the office and they had to do a commute from home or something happened where they felt like a year and a half of their life was robbed. And they feel that way because that's exactly what happened. Hmm. So they're legitimate in those feelings and they've taken the, the first step of owning your own business is to start thinking that you can own your own business and Mm -hmm. what it will take. Uh, Often what happens with us and people that reach out to us is they say, you know, maybe I, I want to own my own business uh, and I want to be in business for myself, but I don't want to be in business by myself. I need a support group. (laughs) I need some, I need some backend support with all the things that I don't know. And that is terrific because if you were a world-class gifted athlete, if you were just genetically fantastic, if you wanted to get really good at any sporting activity, getting a great coach mm-hmm. would be a phenomenal step because they're just going to shortcut and they're going to teach you the better body mechanics or teach you better strategy, teach you mentally how to take the big leap. So even if you have certain things, there are other things that you don't have. And if you know the right people to reach out to, then success and greatness are right around the corner for you. One of the things that people rightly should be afraid of in starting their own business is this historical failure, right? Yeah. Of businesses. Why did nine out of 10 businesses fail? Hmm. It's a great question to ask. And as you dig into it, you're, you're like, because of all of the unknowns. So what a good franchise means, what it should mean, what it does mean in our case is it's a proven business model. All of those failings we're going to help you avoid. We already know what to Mm -hmm. look for and we know what best practices are the things that really work and we show you how to do those. So it's like, why does a Starbucks coffee always have a big line? But Joe's coffee shop, Right next to it, no one goes there. Joe makes good coffee. Where where is the line? Well, one is a really nicely done, perfected franchise model, right? Mm. Um, so, again, the big step that anyone that of the forty percent of the people that are already thinking, how do I quit my thing, which I feel is dead end or it's soul crushing, it's just not meaningful to me. I might even make good money, but that's not enough for most people. They want something that they look forward to every day. I think it's it's pretty incredible the support structure you're talking about of really, because it, it feels like stepping into entrepreneurship, starting your own business, you really are exposed to... Um, Maybe it's too strong to say failure after failure, but you, you realize very quickly this is not an easy game. Um, and so the power of the franchise, having people as your support structure, uh, can be pretty pretty empowering to help someone get back up on their feet and keep moving forward. Do you feel like, if, or at least for me, it seems like on social media, we've oversimplified the journey of an entrepreneur or the journey of a new business owner. You know, you talk about that nine out of 10 statistic, which everyone's heard. And a lot of what we're seeing on social media is people saying things like, oh no, it's never been easier. Oh, it's never been easier to make your first million. It's never been easier to get, you know, those, those, um, that $10,000 in weekly revenue. I mean, it, it feels like I'm hearing this a lot. And yet the experience that I'm having, and I talk with people who are, st- who have started their business, it's two different worlds. What's going uh-huh. on there? 
<laughs> it's never been easier. It's never been easier is a brilliant pitch if you were a YouTuber and you wanted to get viewers to watch your YouTube video because that's how you monetize your business. Yeah. And yes, they made a million dollars and they have a hundred thousand followers and life is great for them. And there are more than a thousand other people that have tried their exact thing that have failed, but you aren't hearing their stories about, you know, how did I fail? That yeah. summaries for some reason doesn't get the YouTube views. Right. How did I fail? Doesn't have nearly the attraction of it's never been easier. Uh, no, it's, it is difficult. It's challenging. You are right that it doesn't get enough play of, uh, of, boy, there's a lot of work that goes into success. Hmm. There definitely is. It's just not as glamorous to talk about everything that I had to learn to get where I am. Um, and but that's why one of the things that you should definitely be aware of in taking your first step is a lot of businesses, a lot of businesses, the majority fail. Franchises are so right for so many people. It's just not a word. I don't even like the word franchise because I think that most people will go, what does that mean? And I go, okay, I should just be aware that most people have not really looked into what does that mean? Otherwise, it'd be far more traction to it. So I try to avoid in my first mm. introduction talking about franchise and instead just talk about owning your own business. Mm. And then that leads to discovery of other franchises. This is totally, I haven't, I haven't talked to any franchise founders and so, or franchise owners. So this is totally from my own insights, but it seems like the reason people start a business is they love the idea of control. They love the idea of sort of like their fate is in their hands. You know, they're in, in many cases, they're in a corporate world in a nine to five world and they're burned out because they don't feel like they're being able to use their talents and their giftings. It almost feels like moving to the franchise world I could see how there's an association there of you're still working for someone else. I don't necessarily get to use my entrepreneurial muscles, but I'm listening to you. And it sounds like that's not how you approach your business with your franchisees. We did not talk about this in advance, folks, but that's a great <laughs> question. Such good insight. You might be able to read my face, but we are not uh, a typical Franchise, a typical franchise, if you wanted to open McDonald's, you don't have the freedom to say, hey, guess what? You know what would be great on? <laughs> you know what would be great on the uh, McChicken um, fried pineapple? That'd be yeah. great. That's what I'm going to do in mind. You don't have any freedom. You are given these narrow, and, and in most franchises, here is how it's done. Don't deviate from this model because if you try to exercise your creativity, we strip you of the franchise and you're back on, out on your own. Ours is different in that we do support you. We give you uh, the best practices and the guideline. The pivotal difference is, is we know that local matters to shopping customers for apparel. Women want to shop local. They want to make a connection with that boutique owner. And the, the real great power is corporate headquarters doesn't do the apparel buy and then it shows up 
at the boutique and you try to sell what corporate buys, you, the owner, are 100% in control of the buy for your local audience. We teach you how to buy. We connect you with uh, like more than 70 different great resources for fashion. We, we tell you what trends are. We give you heads up and, and all the support you need to be aware. But in the end, we want you to control the buy because that's how you connect with your local customers. That, Blake, is how you create fans hmm. is because you can connect emotionally with them and in a better way than anyone else in the world of retail. I like to, and when I'm onboarding uh, new franchisees, new owners, tell them that their greatest strength is to buy in micro quantities that are built to specifically to sell out, even though there's more demand. And I say the, the experience for the customer is this, in your boutique, you're, you are, let's say, you're going to know the person that you're helping by name. So you're like, Susan, I uh, love this on you. It looks fantastic. And you learn her style. And then when that is sold to her, you say, Susan, you know, the good news is I'm not rebuying this product because you already have it in your closet now. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do is I'm going to find the next thing that you want. And that's what comes in. And you have new arrivals arriving in your boutique more often, more frequently than anyone else. Most of our owners have new arrivals every single day. And that makes Susan want to come back and shop because you've got new things for her that she hasn't seen before. You have, if you did it right, you're buying specifically for the person who just shopped you for their taste, not for your own, Mm -hmm. not for corporate headquarters taste for Susan. And that's an experience that Susan's never had before. It'd be like if you had your favorite restaurant and you had a delicious meal and the chef says, you know, tomorrow what I'm going to have for you is going to blow your mind. <laughs> and like, what? You are, you, you're a fantastic chef, which is great, but you're going to put something new on the menu just for me. Oh my God. I've never even heard of such a thing before. Mm. And most people haven't no matter what type of shopping experience they've had, they've never had someone that could do the buy for them, let alone intended to, and actually did it. So it's a, it's, it's kind of like a game changer in the world for shopping for, for the customer. They love it, but the owner, the, the reward that they have for developing that relationship, that's why they wanted to leave the corporate world to begin with. They leave something that's soul crushing to soul crushing to something that is, they look forward to it every day. Mm. This is powerful. This is a really powerful concept. And it reminds me of, I was um, following someone who was, he's in the restaurant industry and he was talking about one of his mentors. Um, That mentor was basically telling their um, restaurant owners, hey, when a person comes in and let's say they order like steak, you know, you're talking to them, oh, I loved it. It was really good. Hey, I, I I think you might really like our chicken or whatever. So here I'm going to, here's my name. Here's, you know, five bucks off or 10 bucks off. Um, next time you come in, you know, give them my name and we're going to knock off, you know, 10 bucks off the chicken. Cause I really want to make sure you try that. 
and it's not like a um, mass printed, like, you know, here's your, your coupon type deal. It's literally like the manager, the GM writing his name on like the back of the receipt and handing it to the customer. And it's the power of individuality. It's the customer now is, oh my gosh, like I'm not just a random number in here. I'm this person noticed me and is tailoring the experience for me personally. That's what it reminds me of. And it's this, it's such a simple concept, but it feels like more often than not as business owners, we get so lost in the details of um, bulk, you know, as many sales as possible, um, as many people coming through the door as possible. Uh, and it's almost like the experience gets tailored around the product we're selling rather than the customer individually who's coming into our stores. Do you ever have pushback on this concept? I mean, is this it, for me? It feels really intuitive, but it's it's strange to me how much it makes sense. And yet, I can't think of the last time I was in a a boutique store or a clothing store where maybe even somebody even even met me or said, "How are you doing today?" or like, "What are you looking for?" I mean, it it wasn't very custom tailored. Mm. What we like to so you're right. And it, it it is very common that you can't remember the last time you went into and, and got really great service. It is, uh, it's not common. What's common is transactional shopping. And that just meant that it's what you've described. Hey, I was there. They, they checked me out. Um, uh, but real good service is a rarity. That's one of the things that makes it stand out so much. That's one of the things that really empowers our owners to be flourishing in, in business. I mean, and business is really good. They're, you know, I, I track that and the, the sales are really strong. They, uh, as our boutique owners own their business, I can report on comp sales. So what they did last year and they're up, you know, fleet wide more than 50% to last year. Last year was COVID. So let's compare it to 2019. They're up more than 35% wow. to 2019. That growth is because the type of shopping that most people experience is very, you know, it's too transactional. It's not special. Uh, but when things get special, it's the difference between a really great yeah. dining experience where the chef came out and made a big deal and you met right. them and they talked to you compared to McDonald's. Yeah. It's food. Both are food, but they aren't equal. Mm -hmm. They're One is memorable. One is, uh, oh, I actually regret that. I regret doing that. <laughs> but, <laughs> so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of really interesting. And so you talked about it's simple, but why? Well, most retail is transactional. Most retail is um, uh, let's fill the demand. If we found a hot seller, let's sell, let's order more and more and more of it because surely the entire world needs to have this thing. That's the sameness in retail. Mm. And that's what there's too much of. There's an oversaturation of that. Uh, and we're not that, happily mm. not that because that retail is, I think, dying. Mm. Uh, suffering not not good and you know that can be substituted by say amazon yeah because right. it wasn't special it deserved to go away mm -hmm. 
but we're, we're not that. That's why we're growing and, and special and able to put people in a business that if you are listening to this podcast and you love fashion, we're probably something that you want to look into. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, already, I'm, I'm thinking of if you were even, if you have a, a store in my location, I'm thinking, wow, this is, this sounds like a totally different experience. And it, it reminds me, it's interesting because I was, I was thinking about some of your statistics. I was thinking about um, the growth of your business and it's in a world where right now, culturally, everyone's almost screaming from the rooftops, Hey, brick and mortar, there's no future in brick and mortar. It can't work. It's dying. It's, you know, all these different things. And I think you, you really describe the why for that well, or you've clarified it well in that the transactional focused stores are easily replaced by an Amazon or, you know, wherever you're going to go online, but you can't replace that custom personal feel. It actually reminds me of a restaurant my wife and I went to on vacation. I don't remember anything about the food, but the owner came out and actually sat down at our table just for a few minutes, just five minutes and just said, where are you guys from? What are you doing? Like, what's, what's going on? Again, I don't remember anything about the food. I'm sure it was fine. But we still remember that experience as one of our favorite moments on our vacation because there was just such a a sense of personal attention and customer service. And I'll, I'll never forget that store. Yeah, that's the, that's the best. And those type of experiences, so many of your listeners remember a place. It could have been a restaurant. It could have been something else. But when you have that experience, and that's really what it is then you might not remember if it was you ate something. You could have been at a hardware store where someone helped you. You don't remember what you purchased, but you remember, boy, this knowledgeable person who really liked what they did had this great exchange with me. It was so fantastic. Uh, Like my son and I went to a tennis shop. We ended up purchasing a T-shirt. We had no intention. We were killing time. But the owner of the business came by, talked to us, clearly loved what he did. We ended up buying something just because well, we're definitely, I love this place. I want to show that I love this yeah. place by buying something. Boy, this is fantastic. And experiences like that are, are, are exactly that. They're experiences and people love them. So for, for our business model, it is we're a local boutique, mm. no matter where we open up. Mm-hmm. So if we opened up a place in Bee Cave, Texas, a division of Austin, it would be called Apricot Lane Boutique Bee Cave. And that's the, that is the brand identity for them. And they are going to win not just customers, but fans. Mm-hmm. That they, they will become the fashion resource of Bee Cave, mm-hmm. the favorite place to shop. If you love fashion, they will be your favorite place to shop. Because of the type of franchisee that we attract, we attract women that love fashion, and and frequently we hear, "I've always dreamed of owning my own boutique, and I didn't even know I could." And then I kind of went on the path of, and then I discovered that you're a, that what a franchise is, and you're a franchise, and the discovery process is kind of like that first step in people making the leap to mm. could I do this what I want to and then they can and and they should because you know there's a lot of happiness not just in owning your own business which is great that 
there is a lot of happiness and reward to owning something that's your own and growing it. Um, but if it's something that you already loved, and then we, because of our business model, have made your success easier, then that's where the real dream comes up. I mean, owning is good, but if it's successful and you didn't have, you had a lot of the pain points removed along the way, that's even better, right? Something else that I'm thinking about is I think what's magical about this story, and I call it magical because it's, it's just, it's uncommon. You're talking about running a business at scale. I mean, over 80 locations and yet you're, locations are operating as if it's your first business, not your first business in terms of an experience, but, but it's, it's our, it's our one location. This is the location that we're going to invest our time, energy, and effort into. And it makes you think of this concept that gets talked about a lot, which is doing things that don't scale at scale. And so things like tailoring your product to your customers who are walking into the door, uh, rather than, okay, we're at 80 locations. So let's now let's buy our stuff in bulk as, as corporate and send it to our stores. Um, has this been something that from day one has been important to you? This, this concept of, of creating that intentionality, creating that customer experience, or has it been challenging to maintain this as you guys continue to grow and grow and grow? Well, what we maintain from a corporate headquarters that that scales and that we have to always be aware of is the need to uh, provide great resources that all of our owners need. And so that's where we scale is, and we have added on more experts in different areas of business ownership and retail. So experts in their field. So the type of things that an owner will need and that we provide are a very immediate source for merchandising, uh, buying, pricing, marketing, um, technology. So that could be point of sale or different computer systems that are needed to support um, retail math and equations, visual merchandising. Uh, team and hiring and how to grow and get better team support from the people that you're going to work with. So if you just imagine each one of those areas being just a card that you've got that you could pull and say, Ooh, I know I need this. You don't even need to know what you don't know. We've got people on our team that can tell you, we've been looking at your um, different reports and all of your key performance indicators and where you are currently weak is this. So I want to schedule an hour call with this person first. And mm-hmm. after that, there's going to be an hour call with this person. So, so that's how we operate to help create really good owners. And I mentioned comp sales, how they could continue growing year after year. People in our system get better and better at what they do. So one of the owners who's been in business for 10 years was just having a call and and does just huge sales was just having a call with me yesterday to discuss the most proven and best most effective ways to market to reach all new customers and she's she's at a boutique that's fantastic it's in Fairfield Connecticut and again she's been around for 10 years and she still wants to grow and wants to reach all new people 
that maybe only live within 10 miles that haven't discovered her yet. So she was having a call with me to go through marketing because I've got about 30 years of marketing experience. Um, so experts are key for us to put our, our different owners in touch with. And as we grow, we have to augment and grow our team as well. So I've always had it on the radar that scalability and keeping the personal one-on-one is important for our owners. They need to be the local resource and we need to be their very powerful back of house support to make them mm. flourish. This is this is revealing of your leadership strategy because I'm I'm thinking to myself, how do you manage a uh, hundred franchise owners uh, who probably all have different perspectives on how business should be done in their local areas? And I really appreciate your approach to this, which is a lot of times um, corporate entities, it's top down. Hey, do this. Here's your next strategy over the next uh, sixty to ninety days or over the next six months. Um, we're going to sort of pull all the levers for you and your job sort of to, to um, work out that plan. You're talking about a, a type of leadership, which I personally am quite biased towards, which is you're empowering your franchise owners. And in doing that, you're the support structure. You're providing the resources they need to be able to make their decisions effectively. Um, it seems like it's hard for people to take sort of that bottom-up or I guess flipping of the funnel, so to speak, um, which I don't know if that's always been natural for you guys, if you've done that since day one, um, but it sounds like it's working pretty well for you. Uh, I think that maybe we have done it from day one, knowing that, you know, that that's just our that's just our DNA and kind of like our moral compass. And and much of our team, me, president, directors, several of us have come from large companies. My background is from both small and large companies, so I've got a great breadth. Uh, and the big lesson that most of us learn from dealing with really large multi-billion dollar companies is that they are uh, a little bit too bureaucratic in the, in the bad sense of the word, meaning red tape gets in the way and creates huge inefficiencies. And removing that uh, is something that we really enjoy. Mm -hmm. We like removing red tape and, and slow uh, to implement. Even great ideas are very slow to implement in really large companies. And, and, and we have a real bitter taste in our mouth for when we sense that yeah. And we try to implement things that purposely avoid it. So we do have that reverse funnel of where we really like doing one-on-one, -on -one, non cookie cutter approaches to giving advice. A lot of times it'll be one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes, I mean, we'll, we'll frequently, frequent means once a month, have a, a, a webinar where we invite the entire fleet to attend, right? And, the, and we're giving guidance and advice that is for the entire fleet. Mm -hmm. But we follow up then individually for anyone that has questions about how it might relate to them specifically. And we know each one of our owners by name. We know we know their families. We know a lot about them and we know their local audiences. We helped put them in business down to scouting the location, dealing with the entire build out of their boutique. So we've got really deep relationships with every one of our owners. I, your approach with your customers is the same approach you take with your franchise owners. 
And I think that's that matches what you said earlier of it. It's in your DNA. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the big reward comes from in, in owning your own business is developing those relationships and creating not customers. It shouldn't be that there is a dollar sign attached to everyone that walks through there. What where the owners really like it is they're personally styling someone and they're creating a real micro moment of joy. That's where the big reward happens in businesses through those relationships that are developed. Do you feel like for for like the small business owner who's listening, who maybe they have uh, they've they've just started their business and they want to create that custom experience or or just that level of intentionality, and yet and you can maybe even remember back to when you first started uh, Apricot Lane Boutique, there's this this pressure, I guess, of cash flow. And I really need to make the sale. And not only do I really need to make the sale, but I need to be lining up the next sale. And so there's this tension then between, okay, how do I create that sale after sale after sale in my pipeline to feed the business, but at the same time, give that level of customer service and intentionality and, hey, you really matter to us. What's the balance between spending that time and energy on a customer and yet also feeding the machine, so to speak, you know, ensuring your cash flow is, is consistent? Well, I imagine most businesses will benefit from this bit of advice that I give very early to our franchisees. So the businesses aren't too dissimilar, which is if you've got an awareness that the, the, the top 20%, you might consider them VIPs, we do, but whatever you want to consider your top 20% customers, they probably represent over 50% of your business's total revenue. Sometimes that top 20% customers can represent 70% or more of your business's total revenues. So when you have an awareness of that, you would never question, should I spend a lot of time on this customer? When you've got your VIP, you treat them like they're everything to your business because they are. And then your mind can start considering, you know, maybe maybe I don't spend enough time. It's not, it's not a question of should I be spending time? It's maybe I haven't spent enough time showing the, this person how much and how important they really are to me. So with us, we know before the boutique is ever open, I tell the owner, you need to have monthly at minimum VIP events where the only person that gets invited are this group of VIPs, nobody else. And you are specifically trying with all of your might to show how much you really love and appreciate them. It will not be lost on them. They'll know it because they got invited to an event. And so if you imagine you close your store and let's say that it was seven o'clock at night or even eight o'clock, nine o'clock, and you're having champagne, you're having some appetizers, you're having a sip and shop event. And it wasn't about trying to create sales. It was about trying to showcase how much you really love them. That has a fantastic ripple event or effect. And the ripple effect is you're creating fans. They're hearing, they're telling stories about this great thing that you did for them. That's really how, as a business owner, 
that's the mentality that you want to have is an awareness of the, the importance of these VIPs and your duty to somehow not let the importance of their business be lost on you. And it's really not their business. It's the importance of their relationship. Yeah. They have to, you, you, you need to let them know that you know it, everybody knows it, and there's a great understanding of we appreciate each other. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll get a great emotional lift from that. So will they. That's how your business is really going to succeed. Patrick, this has been just an incredible episode. I mean, so many great insights and you're doing business the right way. You don't need me to tell you that, but I think for our listeners, and I mentioned this at the start of the episode, there's a lot of noise out there on social media for how to do business. It's great having someone like yourself who's doing it successfully and is reminding us as business owners, hey, what you intuitively feel in terms of taking care of people, that's the right way to do it. So Patrick, it's been great having you on the show today. What what do you want people to do to follow the brand, to engage with you? I mean, what are the next steps for our listeners? If your listeners want to check us out, you can just go to apricotlanefranchise.com or you could just do a Google search, number one women's fashion franchise. You'll find us there. Um, I, I encourage, if you, if you really like uh, fashion, you're going to discover us. But even if you don't, the, the words are, are this, and this is the big takeaway. Start believing that you can do something new and, and don't set a, a limit to mm. what you think you can achieve. And you're going to have a better life. So, so it's, it's the big takeaway. It's not just mine. Believe me, we've got a lot of franchisees that really are happy that they took that mental leap. That's the first step. And then it'll lead to great things. And I wish everyone the best in trying to discover a better path forward for themselves. Patrick, thanks for making the time today. It's been a great episode. Blake, thanks so much. Hey, for our listeners, uh, man, what an incredible episode. If you've been following the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button so you keep getting good advice wherever you're at. And hey, don't forget, if you enjoy the podcast and you want to support the podcast, you can do that at our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash good advice. You can even get your business advertised in the introduction of the podcast. Again, that's at patreon.com slash good advice. We so appreciate you. And that's today's good advice. We'll catch you later.